Hey, everybody. It's Jeff and Dave. This is the Two Half Squads, the only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. That's right. And today we have two very special guests. Very, very special. They're so special, we're not even sure in what order we should introduce them. Is it Chuck and Chad? Is it Chad and Chuck? Do we have to fight? Is there a... No. Whatever suits it's a single you. die roll. Okay. <laughs> That's that's how we settle everything. So we have Chuck and Chad with us, and uh, we're really glad uh, that you guys could join us. We're not even, well, I'm not even sure right at the moment. Let's see who recommended them. Preston. Preston. Preston Youngkins mm -hmm. suggested that we get a hold of you guys and that you would be good. So, boy, you've got this, uh, you better be good. He's been a very consistent customer, but I don't want to get on his bad side because he has a law degree. <laughs> that would be bad so tell us uh, if you could tell us a little about yourselves at least as re in related to squad leader we don't want to hear the boring stuff about where you were born and when you got yeah married. go for it Chad. Right. all right well uh, first thanks for, for having us it's great to uh great to be here and at, le at least for me for squad leader uh you know i, I think i got my first uh squad leader set from Toys R Us. I don't even know if they're still around now, but, <laughs> you know, like to play with army men. I was about maybe 11 years old and I saw this box and had army men that had car, you know, cardboard army men. I'm like, that looks pretty cool. So I uh, bought it, brought it home, had no idea how to play and made up my own rules. And somehow through the process, I, uh, I wound up learning the game. And then, uh, uh, played on and off, and I had a bunch of other games, but I really liked Squad Leader the most. By the time ASL came out, I, I had sort of gotten rid of all my other games, and uh, it just became Squad Leader from, from that point forward. And, uh, sort of got hooked and then uh, playing the rest of my life. And Chuck and I met way back when, you know, before the electronic age, and uh, neither one of us, you know, it's sort of a niche hobby, as we all know. and. Uh, I was in the hobby store and uh, looking around for opponents, and there was this guy named, you know, Charles Hammond who had uh, left his phone number for just anybody to to call. And uh, I figured I'd uh, give him a ring. And uh, what were we, Chuck? I don't know, fifteen or something. And uh, you or I was, I was a, I was just a lad. I was thirteen. Thirteen, so yeah. He's know, much I, older than I am. He forgets that. That's right. Yeah. So our, our our parents used to have to drive us back and forth. <laughs> to each other's houses to to start playing, but that's uh, you know that's how it all uh, began for for me. It's and just so, and just so you know, it's not like everything's changed. He still makes up his own rules. That's that's right. They tend to favor me. I have to spend like half the time like, no, you can't do that. No, it's right there in the special rules. You know, that's pretty much like how our games go, but. I'm a glutton for punishment, so that's right. And I usually, I usually win, so uh, you know. <laughs> that's the great thing about making stuff up as you go along. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I started just like uh, uh, Chad said, but in a kind of a different way. I I got uh, squad leader for my tenth birthday in 1980, and it went directly to the closet because uh, it, I, to me, the rules just seemed unfathomably long. Mm -hmm. And then my, my, uh, my best friend at the time, Raul Martinez, 
he, we were, he, we were bored or whatever. We were 12 years old. And he said, Oh, you know, what about that game in your closet? And I'm like, Oh, it's way too hard. And he's like, we can do it. Come on, dude. And I'm like, okay. You know, and we read the first, you know, five, what was it? Five pages you needed to do in order to play guards counterattack. Yeah. And after that, you know, it was all over. Like, you know, risk and all those other games, just those, those ended up in the closet and uh, squad leader was the only one that was out, you know. It's hard to play those games anymore. You know, it's really like, it's hard to take it. Yeah. Risk stuff. like All the games that we played just time, you know, Monopoly, those games we thought were complicated. It's hard to go back to those. Oh man. It's, it's like playing hungry, hungry hippos. Yes, you it know, is. Candyland or, or something like that, you know. <laughs> like, you know. So then it so well, when did you how did you expand then? You were playing against each other and with a few other friends and then was there a group like in your town that you could go with and or uh, tur- did you start going to tournaments and stuff? Where did it yeah, go? Yeah, at least uh, for me at that point, you know, we'd played through college and we'd get together and I had a few other friends in California who played, but uh, I moved back to Washington for grad school, and, and there there was a whole cadre of people that were sort of already connected, and I, I met the Stanhagens. I don't know if you guys know Dan and Neil Stanhagen, but uh, I got together with them, and John Static, and Jeff Coyle, and uh, Mike McGrath, and that that whole crowd, and, uh, you know, I was just playing with them, and uh, they, they encouraged me, like, oh, you should go to a tournament. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, you know, no, no, you should go. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go, you know, and then, uh, then I'm really hooked. And uh, went in and then played my, played my first tourney and uh, did pretty well. Uh, made it all to, to the quarterfinals. And, uh, and then, uh, then after that, at least for me, it was, uh, it was sort of squad leader all the time, uh, uh, even when I should have been doing other stuff. But, uh, Got a little addicted. And Chad, had you won some of the tournaments, or is that Chuck? Uh, uh, no, I, that was uh, that was me. I've uh, I've done okay. I've won um, Aslock twice, and uh, Winter Offensive, and the Southern California tournament, and uh, a couple of West Coast Melee. West Coast Melee, yeah. 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 So uh, so done done all right on the on the. The the tourney circuit. Yeah, how do you win um, Aslock? I don't understand. <laughs> Get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I use my selective rules like Chuck suggested. No, somehow it's always the same guys getting lucky. <laughs> right. That is true. And do you remember who you were playing at the in the final That's, games there? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, Steve Pleva in, in the first one. Uh, we played Eye of the Tiger for the final. That was a that was a, a good a good match. It was close, but I I, uh, I pulled it off. And uh, then then the last one, uh, it came down. There was three of us, and uh, Bendis was playing the spoiler. So I I, I played Arrow from Finland. Uh, in a in a tight one, I won that, and uh, that that was a that was a worthy adversary, right? Uh, no, no, that it wasn't. Was, can't remember. It was a Russian German one. I can't remember the name, but but then Bendis uh, Bendis beat Cirillo, so I I ended up as the only undefeated one for that one. 
Wow. And will you be going to ASLOC this year? Boy, I wish I could. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna make it this year. But uh, I recently retired from uh, from the State Department, and I've been uh, running all over the world. So uh, when I when I get this uh, travel bug out of me, uh, I'm gonna come back and uh, probably go to some more tournaments. But uh, unfortunately, I'll miss it this year. Yeah, that's too bad. It's too bad. And yeah, uh, his, his main complaint complaint about working for the State Department was that he didn't get to travel enough. That's right, and they 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 made me work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so now you'll be traveling just for pleasure, or you're gonna? Is that what's coming up? Yeah, yeah, oh. I'm gonna be actually on Friday. I'm heading down to uh, Colombia to Bogota, and I'll I'll be there the rest of the year, and then I come back, and then I'm heading off to to Asia, to Thailand and Vietnam. Uh, Laos and Cambodia for about three months. Uh, I'll stop by and play, see some ASLers in that part of the world, I think, too. But for the most part, uh, going, you know, just as a tourist. That's the great thing. <laughs> ASL is you can you can always find a cot somewhere. That's right. Some ASLers <laughs> house. That's right. It won't be pretty, but you at least you That's won't right. sleep on the floor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure Chuck has, has made you sleep on the floor a couple of times. He has. You know, I'm, I'm willing to pimp myself out as, as long as I can get a couch. Indeed, indeed. I would like to go to Vietnam. Are you going to do some of the, like, Vietnam War stuff and the tunnels of Coochie? And... Yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's my main motivation for, for going. I'm you know, I, I I just play World War II games, but of course, military history in general. I definitely think Coochie has something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll wander, I'll wander around there, and I, I make it up to Hanoi. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, it'll be he's, one. He's gonna like. He's gonna like delete me here. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, what what are you guys doing now? What have you got going on now? Tell us about your website and your stuff. And how it got started. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Chuck. Um, well, I'll give you guys the straight dope without naming names, but there was one product that, that had come out. This is during COVID. And we had looked forward to, to trying it. And we were so, so disappointed by it that we were like, you know, we were kind of really, really down about it. And uh, when I was talking to Chad, I said, you know, I came up with this this scenario called Born Again. You know, you want to try it? You know, and he was like, well, it can't be worse than what we've been playing. You know, sure. What the hell? You know, and um, we played it and we played it back to back. I don't know, six, seven, eight times, something like that. And um, we, you know, we had we had talked before about, you know, um, maybe we should come out with our own stuff, you know, but it was sort of a pipe dream. But during COVID, it became really realistic because of all the free time we had on our hands. You know, I was te I, I'm a professor at the University of Tennessee, Martin. I teach German. And, um, you know, the, the COVID really hit us hard, the enrollment and everything like that. So I didn't have nearly as many papers and stuff to correct as I usually do. And so, uh, yeah, we had the time to devote to it. And we were, you know, I remember Chad saying we'd be, you know, we'd be ecstatic if we sold 50 of them, you know, because there are other third parties out there. And uh, to our 
uh, amazement. Uh, it was really, really well received. And um, pretty much every tournament I can think of since then has had a lot of representation, a lot of Hasmo in it. And um, uh, Joe Leos even asked us to come out with a pack so they could sell it at um, at uh, Albany. And so we were, we were really uh, honored by that. And so we got our second pack out on time and it sold out. Um, you know, and so I've, I've, we've really been happy. Uh, there's even a, there's even a plaque now at Albany for the uh, uh, Hasmo heavyweight, the person who wins the most Hasmo scenarios. And uh, there was another plaque just like that at the uh, St. Louis tournament uh, that just finished. And um, I finished third there and people bought a lot of Hasmo and there were a lot of uh, really, really encouraging compliments and stuff. So uh, it, it really uh, um, uh, encourages, to, encourages us to go further. And, you know, and it, ideally each third party should have its own niche and we don't make beginner scenarios, generally speaking. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, they're not, you know, paratroop drops at night, you know, during a beach landing or anything. I don't mean that. I just mean that you have to have a pretty solid hold on the rules. Um, they're not like Schwerpunkt. Um, they're, they're usually a little larger. We like, we like it when uh, a side has time to prep fire. You know, uh, the, the trend over the last 10 years has gone just the other way where yes. you know you have no time to prep fire and the attacker just has to run and we were a little sick of that you know uh and so we wanted to just sort of pull the other way for people you know, prep fire is sort of important in squad leader <laughs> you know and um and so i thought we felt we were kind of getting away from that however having said that this december we're hoping to come out with as soon as we as long as we can get the play testing done in time another uh, pack that is devoted uh, just to tournament play. So though it'll be a, a, a tournament pack, even though we're not gonna call it that. Um, and so we try and do things that are original. We try and make every scenario something that you look back on and say, wow, that was really different, you know, than what I'm used to. I can't compare that scenario to XYZ scenario. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you got if you guys have had a chance to play a Hasmo scenario or not. If you have, then you probably know what I mean. No, we haven't yet. Okay. No, but yeah, haven't. But it really makes me want to. Yeah. yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. I don't think and you'll we, be disappointed. And we had we had sort of three things that we really focused on uh, when when we started that were that were important to us, and uh, one being, you know, is it is it fun? Obviously. You sit down, I mean, you don't want it to be tedious. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, does it have replay value? That was uh, mm -hmm. that was also important to us. So, you know, there it's not one of these, well, of course the gun goes there, and of course you, you move over here and see what happens with the dice and uh, and, and, and move on from, from that. And we, uh, we, we really wanted to focus on, on, on those two things. What was the third one, Chuck? Now I'm having a senior moment. Balance. Balance. All right. Yep. 
that 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 they that they're well play tested. Uh, you know, different groups have different ways of play testing things. Uh, the the way we did it, uh, we come up with a concept, and uh, we'd make sure we played it. This was after uh, going through the con the, the concept and you know the additions and subtractions. And once we got a scenario that we thought worked pretty well, we played four times before we asked anyone else to, to take a look at it. And by that time, we had, we had worked out, you know, that there, there was, or we had hoped, we found like there was no way to sort of solve the scenario. Mm -hmm. And the kinks had been worked out. A lot of time when we sent it to play testers, you know, what do you think? Is it fun? Would you play it again? Did, you know, did you like it, not like it? Those type of things. Yeah, so what he's, what he's saying is we don't, you know, being a play tester for Hasmo is kind of cool because we don't send you anything raw. You know, we don't send anything like, oh, I just came up with this, you know, during a fever dream last night, play it and tell me if it's any good. You know, uh, you know, we, we've by the time play testers get it, we've played it, you know, four, six, eight times. And so, you know, the obvious uh, 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 shortcomings have already been worked out. And that's that's the way we like to do it. And you'll also see, you know, if you have one of our packs, you can go ahead and take a look at the play testers. And, you know, those are people who have been playing the game for at least 20 years, usually 30, 35 years uh, or more. And so uh, that's kind of important to us, uh, too, because, you know, all I got all kinds of love for beginning play, you know, beginning players and intermediate players and stuff like that. But there are a lot of things that they're not going to catch that mm -hmm. only an advanced player can catch. And so we're very. Uh, discriminatory, <laughs> if I can use that word in this context, in a good context, mm -hmm. when it comes to play testers. I'm, I'm not just like, oh, anybody who wants to play test it, we want to make sure that you really know the game. I and that's also, you know, in the long run, that's going to do what? That's also going to cut down on errata and Q&A and stuff like that. And you'll find when you go to our page and you click on player support, the errata is very minimal. Yeah, very, yeah. You know, and I, I, I've I think, always thought that. I've always thought it would be, fun to play test something and I think nobody wants me to play test something. <laughs> there's no, Why is that? There's no value in me play testing something. No, 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 no. It's like when I play tested something for Hakapale and there was a easy way to break the scenario that I yeah. didn't see. I didn't uh, see. Yeah. I thought, well, this could be kind of good. And then the next players said, not broken. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, going back to what Chad was saying about the our very first concern is fun. Is it fun? That's extremely that's the most important thing for us. Even if it's even if it were unbalanced, it would be more important that it's fun. And there's another trend going on now that um is of some concern to us, and that is the um, obsession with historical accuracy at the expense of fun so that it's tedious you know that there are i mean squad leader has enough rules <laughs> you know there's no need to add many more is what we're saying but a lot <laughs> yes. of times people feel the need to add a bunch of extraneous rules that might make it more historically accurate but actually detract from the fun factor that's exactly you know the way we feel so defining the word fun, you know, <laughs> players have different ideas 
I'll bet True. we're on the same page, but what are you thinking? I'm, I'm not saying that they should have tiger tanks running around in 1939. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you have, that, that there is attention paid to extraneous details that don't really enhance the scenario. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, and it's not going to be slugfest scenarios, just line up and... No, each other. no, not at all. And that's... If you see how ours uh, lay out a lot of them too, I mean, some have more special rules than others, but the subtlety in the scenario is much more in, in your strategy than having to know if you can ski at night off a cliff or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. to, to By the way, you can. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't end very well. It doesn't end very well, but you can. No, even in squad leader, you probably could. I don't know. Never tried it yet. Yeah, Jeff and I always want to climb trees. Yeah. And no <laughs> That'll get you somewhere. That's what yeah. I would do. That's what I would do. What would, I, what would Jeff do in this situation? Climb that tree. Nice. Nice. So uh, you both you both create scenarios. Is that right? Or does one create them and then the other one test them? You, you both create them? We both do. Yeah. So yeah. How, does that, how does that come about? Do you come up? Do you come up? You know, like, do you think of something you'd like to see in a situation and then try to find historical background to put it against? Or do you read historical stuff and see a situation and then turn that into a scenario? I think we have a we have a little of both on that, at least the ones yeah. I've done so far. There's a there's a book uh, that was Rouse's uh, sort of biography. Uh, he, he started off in the invasion of uh, Russia in 41 and led one of the panzer divisions at the end. So I, I made a couple initial scenarios for our first pack based on that. Uh, and I'll probably make some more as we as we go forward. And then I had read a book by Anthony Bibor for, uh, that focused on the Spanish Civil War. And for our second pack, there were some really good engagements there that interested me to make scenarios. And in our third effort, which we'd always talked about doing in Stalingrad, and I love those maps, but I, I felt there wasn't enough scenarios for them. And was really excited about uh, putting together some on that map. Learned a lot, and, you know, any of these, of course, as you're doing the scenarios too, it was, uh, it was work, but it was, it was sort of fun work. And our, our third effort has a little twist to it where, if you guys remember, uh, it was an annual, I want to say 82, 84 annual, one of those. I can't go 82, 84. Yeah. It was 1990. Or 90, okay. One yeah, yeah. Time and, uh, by fast, yeah. It was, you know, one of those decades past. And they, they tied together the Market Garden campaign by doing different scenarios that adds on with the wind and all that. Yeah. And love that. And so, so Everybody loved started, that. I don't know one person who didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, so we we've taken that idea and put it into our third pack. Where now you can you can do that, and we have our, our mini campaign, and then we call the mega mini, which has all ten scenarios. So you know they're they're all individual scenarios that you can play on their own. They stand on their own, but if you'd like, you can link them together as a campaign and add up you know your points at the end. So it encourages people if you're doing the campaign, maybe yes, you've probably lost the scenario, but uh, you could still get some points doing other things, or you you want to hang on and prevent the opponent from wiping you off the map and getting all the points. Thinking about the scenario, you're thinking about the campaign. 
So, you know, sometimes we've all had situations where your opponent's got you beat in four turns or something. But, you know, in, in our campaign game, our mini campaign game, it behooves you not to just, you know, tip the board over and say, you know, I'm done with this, whatever, but to play it out because you can still prevent your opponent from maximizing his campaign score. And you can even you can even get some campaign points yourself, even though you don't necessarily you, you don't necessarily win the scenario. Yeah, the, Dave Timmon and I like those a lot are linked. So um, and then that pack, it looks like it's all played on the Valor of the Guards and the Red Factories maps. The first seven scenarios are. And then the three last scenarios are related to Stalingrad. It's Operation Saturn, Operation um, Winter Storm, and Operation Uranus. Okay, help history historically. Which ones were those? Uh, Winter Storm was um, the Fourth Panzer Army trying to relieve Stalingrad under General Hoth, or as they say in English, Hoth. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, and Operation Saturn was the um, the Soviets encircling the Italians, yeah. basically. Yeah, so they're more like not in the city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Uranus was just trying to close the circle around Stalingrad. Okay. Yeah, so those those three, they have the uh, uh, hill fight with uh, the Germans and the Russians, and then one with the Italians trying to break out of the encirclement and then the other one with the, the Romanians trying to, to keep from being overrun. Right. Historically it didn't work so just, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just to just to give it some breadth, you know. Uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. So and then you do have these uh, multi-applicable scenario rules mm -hmm. I suggested here. Radios do not malfunction. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have a scenario and you're counting on your artillery and you roll a 12, well, well, game's over. <laughs> we talked about that several it's times. It's a bit silly, isn't it? And so yes. you can still you can still lose contact. You know, you can still lose contact. And by the same token, you know, if you have radio contact and you draw two reds, oh, well, I win. You know, and that's 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 a silly way to win, too. So we make sure that the first uh, card is black. So yes. you will get at least one mission uh, of artillery with our scenarios. And do you apply that rule when you play other scenarios just because you think it's a good house rule to have? Radios can't break. Depends. Chad? Yeah, what, what we do a lot of time is we have, we, we play with two mulligans each. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but basically we have each, each person has two and you can uh, turn twos into threes and twelves into elevens. Single die, one sniper into a two or two sniper. Yeah. Into and so it's so, yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. No, so the the mulligans are are multi applicable. You can use those for twelves, and and if you're out of mulligans and then you roll a twelve in the radio, oh well. But but to be honest, Chad and I, in the past few years, we've really avoided artillery scenarios, uh, because all too often, if you get it, you win, and if you don't get it, you lose. Mm. And so um, our our use of the radio, as you can tell, is rigidly circumscribed. You know, um, 
We also, you know, we try and avoid the opposite too, where the person's super lucky and he just draws blacks and the, you know, their artillery is permanently there. And so you'll see in those scenarios, you can get like a, a, a limit of two or three fire missions. That's it. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause it's a six turn scenario or something like that. You don't want just the guy to get super lucky and artillery to be coming down the entire time and inhibit all movement. That's yeah. kind of silly too. So with that, that's our, that's our take on artillery. Uh, we just think it's silly to spend all kind of, you know, two hours setting up a game and then the guy rolls at 12. Oh, well, you know, that's really silly when you think about it. You have to start over then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. Right. Or we, you know, it, uh, there's been a bunch of times too, you're like, oh, well, you know, just say you lost contact or something. And <laughs> we don't yeah. count the 12 because you, you've invested all this time and uh, yeah. you want to keep playing the, the scenario. And you'll you'll see from, particularly for the Stalin pack, that list of uh, applicable special rules, a lot of them are sort of simplifying the game actually, rather than adding complexity. Mm. That was really a, that was really our goal. And so, you know, um, there's no sewer movement, right? Sewer movement is something that in our view is something more for like campaign games. But you know the the these scenarios are complex enough, and there's enough going up going on on the board without having to uh, worry about you know the the subterranean chuds you know. Well, and <laughs> also they can uh, you know especially for the Stalingrad scenarios they can really difficult to balance a scenario if sewer movements in there. Uh, it, it, it can just end things quickly if someone gets gets lucky doing that. Yeah, and so we wanted to concentrate on fire and maneuver, not just on you know being cute and <laughs> staying staying underground and not popping up unless you want to. Yeah, although being cute <laughs> is what Jeff you know, best. It's not whack a mole, you know, it's squad leader. <laughs> Yeah, chasing around the guy. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know, in a, in a, in, a, in a campaign that's different, you have 150 squads to do that with. You know, but but we but we want to concentrate on the actual firefight. Yeah. So, we, should we should do a scenario that entirely takes place in the sewers. There, there is the one. <laughs> subterranean the one? quarry. Subterranean quarry. Yeah. Okay. It it might not be a sewer, but it still smells bad. Yeah. 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 As an early player, give me the yeah. flamethrower marching through the tunnel. Yeah. But you know, that's the kind that actually it's interesting you mentioned that. That's the kind of unconventional thinking that made those scenarios so great. Right? Um, inside of the Volga. Right. For every half squad I get off the board, the the, the Russian uh, uh, reinforcements are inhibited by so and so much. You know, the, those are the kind of scenarios like you never forget them. And we try and do that with our scenarios. You know, um, you know, for, for example, with Born Again, instead of you know rubble placement like you usually do, we have uh, an FFE counter you know uh so and so many ffe counters and all of them you know you roll a uh, random selection and it's halved and if it lands in one kind of terrain it's a it's shell hole if it lands in another kind of terrain it's rubble 
And so the, the, ter the terrain is different every time, right? Or the, the uh, attacker, before the game begins, or before he even sees the map, he can choose his reinforcements to enter on the north or on the south, or actually east or west, you know? Uh, and so that's, that goes back to what Chad was saying about replay value. That's, yeah, that's really, really important to us. Because I, 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 I'm not crazy about scenarios where you play them once and you're like, okay, that's it. I don't even, I never need to play that thing again. You know, we, we want to make scenarios where you're like, okay, let's switch sides. You know, I, I have a plan. Yeah. You know, that's what we and, want. And you'll see from, from ours and uh, some we really try to avoid is uh, even though some maybe tournament size, that there's not one particular weapons platform or a gun or a tank that, if that breaks down, well, then you're, you know, you might as well quit. We've, we've really tried to avoid that. Mm -hmm. Just like the artillery then, too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. So. And then your packs, we had the Cities of Steel. Yeah. The Civil War, Uncivil Wars. The Uncivil Wars. It's got Spanish Civil Spanish War. Spanish Civil War, Greek Civil War, and Chinese Civil War. And they're all around, they're all sort of contemporaneous, right? Because the Spanish Civil War directly preceded World War II, and the Chinese Civil War directly preceded and followed World War II. And then you had the Greek Civil War, which began in 1944, uh, actually in December 1944, mm. and, you know, obviously continued uh, to after the war. And they all used World War II equipment, yeah. you know. Unlike that, a certain, yeah, yeah, and 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 that one had probably has the most funky scenario we've ever made, uh, where you don't even know what side you're going to play yet. That's right. You, you sit down and you and the, you roll a couple dice before you start playing, and it determines what side you're going to be, and then what side of the map you come in, and yeah. whether you move first or last. Yeah, okay. and yeah, and that one is really like. We, we we really that one was really trying to emphasize can you think on your feet and it is portraying a, a very very important action in the Chinese Civil War where they were both at the at the foot of a mountain uh, the nationalists and the communists and they were racing to go up and the communists got there literally 60 seconds they got they got to the top 60 seconds faster than the other than the nationalists and wow. so they just poured this fusillade of fire that like killed 90% of the nationalists. Like Chinese people who grow up in China know this story, but uh, we call it, we called it uh, 60 seconds of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the only scenario that, that bears both our, our names. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I will say it's easier to play on Vassal than it is live. Cause you know, it makes a few terrain changes, but it's absolutely playable live too. Do you, do you two play Vassal? We that's what we did during COVID. Instead of being creative and making something useful for the world, <laughs> we just played on Vassal. Well, I kept you out of kept you out of trouble. It did that. That's true. Kept you from getting COVID. Hopefully, yeah, it did. Well, then it served its purpose. <laughs> so it sounds yeah. like the the scenarios, uh, you know, help help you get over the hump. The bumps in the rules, so you create your your spe the special scenario rules that help you get past some of these things that otherwise would bog down a scenario. 
Would you go so far as to say there are some rules, actual rules in the rule book that you'd like to change? Oh my God, yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. Have, uh, Here we go. I always like these. That's right. <laughs> we have we have that uh, that discussion uh, quite quite often, and you know we everyone has sort of their 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 pet peeves. Yeah. Um, I'll throw just a couple of mine out there real real quick with the the foxhole rule uh, that. Uh, you're you're sort of stuck in those, and uh, you know you can route out of it and not get interdicted, but you yeah. can't move in the movement phase out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. like, how come I have to come out and get shot at? Yeah, and what it at least winds up doing for me a lot of time, if I'm defending it at foxholes, I I just won't use them because you wind up getting getting stuck in them. And uh, so so again, I play with some people. We've adopted a house rule that says in the movement phase, if you use assault move, then you can move out and move to one hex and you can't get shot in the hex with the foxhole. That's like sort of that. how I would change that. Yeah, I like that. that uh, you know, in a couple, I, I don't I don't like the one, the hot potato with the prisoner. <laughs> I've played snared. I, I'm guilty. The rules allow you to do it. You're the Russians who can't deploy. You're playing a 45 scenario. Oh. Take that conscript, prisoner, what... and all of a sudden there's you know, 10 Russian half squads. That's what uh, Rich was just talking about on our our other show about prisoners. Yeah. Oh. And, and, you know, it's a great set of rules. I love it. And they, you know, they found so many things. Uh, but, you know, it, the, the game has evolved and there's there's probably some things that, that need to change. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I mean, and, and look at all of the conventions now. I mean, what, what, one thing that proves what Chad is saying is try and think of a scenario made during the last 20 years that doesn't say kindling is an A. Of course they say kindling is an A, which tells you what, that should be an optional rule. It shouldn't be a rule that, right? So you have to waste ink saying kindling is an A, right? right. Or the other one, you know, when, when you have to take real estate, what's the other one you always see? Uh, vehicle crews. You know, tanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, those, those should all be standard. Yeah. Now, the, the other one that I just have to mention because uh, people just, you know, they roll their eyes, but I have to like the wind change. I know some people sort of like that, but you, you'll see the theme we pick up. It like the dice are random enough and, you know, some things are more random than others. But say you're playing a scenario and you're the British or the Americans and you have these things that can make all the smoke and all of a sudden there's a mild breeze and you got, you got quite a different scenario than uh, it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. in fact, Chad, that, that is one house rule. When Chad and I play, we don't play with the wind change yeah. uh, die roll because it just, it, it screws stuff up. <laughs> so you do still, like, you'll still play with wind, but not like- I'll play with wind if I'm in a tournament. But when, when Chad and I are just playing for fun or when we're play testing and stuff like that, we don't roll for wind because the main problem with wind is smoke. Right. And, you know, and people don't take that into account. And I don't care. You can be Mike McGrath and stuff. But if you're the defender and there's, you know, there's a mild breeze and it blows, you know, three, uh, three hexes of plus three smoke all over your defenders and stuff like that. And you can't see. And of course, you're outnumbered because you're the defender. It's yeah. pretty much game over. Well, and it's the opposite works too sometimes. And we've all seen it. You're in one of these and you have a bunch of open ground. You got to go across and you're the British and you maybe you have a couple of those little mortars. 
and you get two smokes down and you're out of smoke and you know someone rolls a 12 on the wind change and now there's no smoke you know and uh, yeah you know it just it's just it's going to sound strange to say this about squad leader and you know it's just one of my peculiarities but it's that's almost too random there's enough random yeah. stuff that those things i just think really toss the scenarios balance right and you can even you could even take smoke rounds out of it right let's say i'm the attacker i have to attack north right there's a wind change and the wind change blows in my face now i can't do smoke grenades i mean not in the direction i need to do it right right and so it has a huge effect on on the scenario and again our focus is always fun right uh yeah. and to, to us that's not fun especially when you you take all kinds of time for these setups uh, you know? on that i'd mention it too when you see our scenarios you'll see a lot of um you know the the sands two it's three some some things like that because again I always am, and you know, and people roll their eyes again. But uh, a lot of these, I think, a lot of scenarios have very high hand sand numbers. You know, and the sand goes and kills the leader, and everyone breaks, and it's like, okay. There's a scenario with eight squads aside need to have a four or a five uh, sniper number. Um, you know, that's that's crazy. That's right, <laughs> smaller amount. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's Stalingrad and then you have 150 squads, like I said, but. If you have just a few, that sniper coming once or twice can just end the game that quickly. And so uh, we're not purists. You know, uh, I, I love the founding fathers, but we had amendments, you know, uh, for a reason. You know, we, we learned things in the interim. And I wish that uh, squad leader, we, Chad and I both wish that squad leader also uh, recognized that fact, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, if but, the yeah. is there to start the scenario, you'd be okay with that, right? Because it's play tested with a drift. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Like if you say as a special rule, okay, there's a mild breeze going this way. I'm sure you have a reason for it. Yeah, plan on it. And yeah, then... plan on it. Yeah, that's totally different. Right, but you know, yeah. I wouldn't want with that too. You wouldn't want that to change. You know, right. that, that was the balance of scenario was predicated on. Correct. Uh, yeah. The wind being a mild breeze blowing a certain direction. Right. Because like the situation I was playing um, Bob Holmstrom and he said, oh, wow, Dave, you you put your vehicle right there where I killed it and the smoke comes right down the street to protect you. You're so smart. And I went, I never thought of that. Yeah. 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 There are enough random events yeah. like like Chad said. And um one great thing with Chad is we we both play fast. That's a that's one thing. Both of us don't like going to a tournament and then having someone uh, as as I call it achieve victory through boredom. You know where they're take yeah where they're taking an inordinate amount of time to move you know a half squad in the background and stuff like that. And then when it's your turn, you have to hurry because what the next round starts you know in a couple hours and so you know if i had two hours to think of every move I'd, I'd be steve pleva you know in my record you know but but part of you're taking part of the fun of the game away i think there are moments that absolutely we all know there are moments where you need to ponder but not every single piece of cardboard yeah is what what i'm saying and so chad and i we we play pretty pretty fast 
you know, we know the IFT, you know, we rarely have to look at it. Uh, and so these games really, you know, they, they, they go fast. And as you can see, we see eye to eye on almost everything. The only thing I disagree with him on his grudge rules is foxholes. That's I, I, I think foxholes are, are, are done right because they could be death traps in real life. And so, they, oh. yeah, they could. You could get people. Oh. Guys got caught in their foxholes all the time. And, uh, you know, except when they were routing. <laughs> well, that's a that's just a game convention, but it's just to me, it's, it's something you have. He and I have had this argument like a thousand times. I'm not oh, going to have right. it here, but it, it I think it's it says something where that's you know that's pretty much our only area of disagreement. We we see eye to eye on pretty much everything else, and so it when we work together, it's really seamless. Um, I can't think of one. To, we've only been around since um, since May of last year. And we have three packs, right? 30 scenarios. We also have a newsletter, the Hasmo Horizon. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, mm -hmm. 50, 50 pages of, of ASL excitement. Um, and um, we're going to have another pack, hopefully, in time for Albany. And so, and then we're going to take a break for a, a little while. Uh, but we will have, have produced 40 scenarios. Uh, really, you know, thoroughly play-tested scenarios that we're proud to put our 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 names on. You know, we're not out to get rich on it or anything like that. Like we we want to, you know, uh, we want to contribute to the hobby. Yeah, it's a, a labor of, of love a lot of yeah. time. But at, at least from my experience, uh, we as Chuck was saying, we sort of see eye to eye. And when we sat down to do our playtesting, it's been fun. You know, there's. Oh, yeah. There's stuff you see, okay, you know, we this should be a 37 instead of a 50L, or you know, mm -hmm. maybe they need another machine gun or, or all that. But it, it's been it's been fun to do the playtesting. So it, yeah, sometimes it feels like work when you gotta proofread everything and, <laughs> and that's, do all that. Yeah. That's the only time where it's kind of like work, but we find a way to make that fun too, because you know, yeah, we're 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 drinking and smoking and joking. But, you know. One thing I'm I'm really proud of on ours is that, as Chuck had mentioned, that just uh, there's there's not a lot of errata, and uh, mm -hmm. we we put that, you know our product up against a lot of others that have come out, and uh, really proud of, of of that. And one thing we do too, nobody's perfect. It's I, I've certainly learned that all that information that goes on one card, <laughs> it is you know you can see how the errata happens and. Uh, does what we do is it immediately goes up on the website and we we fix it so because when we print we don't print you know 2000 at once and sorry you know you have to wait for a few years till it gets fixed we just we fix things on the next iteration and it, and it goes out sold out mm -hmm. of stuff you just print more print we more just, we just print more yeah and, and we, you, mm -hmm. you have a page of um rules to remember yes and that's one thing that's different about us too. We have rules to remember and tips on strategy. And another thing that makes our cooperation, our collaboration rather, so seamless is that, Chad, you know, I know what Chad's good at and Chad knows what I'm good at. And so, you know, when it comes to the balance of a scenario, I defer to him almost wholeheartedly, unless I really have a reason not to. If he says it's it's not balanced or it's you know it's it's broken or something like that, 
that mofo is broken. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, and, um, and I don't take any offense to it, uh, either. And, you know, when it comes to rules to remember, we, we really want to simplify and uh, facilitate play. And so, um, I'm good at, you know, quoting rules and putting them under a microscope and stuff like that. He's good at explaining strategy. So you'll see this was written by Chuck, you know, the rules to remember. And then the other ones with the bullet points, uh, those are Chad's like strategy tips. And then uh, on those, what we thought to, to sort of complement our scenarios, uh, a couple of things. Well, one, it shows that, hey, this has actually been play tested. Mm -hmm. we, we thought of these things. You might want to think of them too. Uh, you know, and uh, some outfits have suggested when they write up about their scenarios, well, this hex or that hex is a good place for the heavy. And, and, and that's fine. That's one way to approach it. We sort of wanted to take a different route and, and talk about it in, in more general terms, some things you might want to keep in mind. And then on the rules, too. Uh, we we didn't want it to be oh that guy remembered that but somebody didn't and uh, you know and a lot of times some people read them some people don't you don't have to right uh, but 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 they can help enhance mm -hmm. the scenario basically yeah and I can almost guarantee you unless you're unless you're a, a complete uh, a grognard who sleeps with a rule book under his pillow that if you do if you read the rules to remember. That, that you will find, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's right. Yeah. You know, I got to read up on that, you know. And it's not long. You see, for each scenario, it's pretty short. Yeah, we try to keep that really short. Yeah. One thing that's been interesting, I mean, we've been playing this game for, like all of us, for probably way too long. But I, I felt I had a good command of the rules, and I probably knew them better than most people. But since we've been making scenarios and going this, and we have to make sure we've incorporated all the rules I found it's just clicking you know you just you just know the rules and uh when I'm playing with my other buddies I'm finding you know that that really gives you an advantage uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. uh because you know you just know you can do certain things or they can't and uh, a, a lot of times I found when I'm when I'm competing uh you know a lot of time for people it's sort of death by a thousand wounds and that's right. uh, those sort of rules that you miss or someone else knows, they they add up through a, a six or seven turn scenario. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of third party products out there. Do you play? Do you go to a lot of those and test those out and see what they're like? LFT and I mean, there's just so many of them. Do you like playing those or do you stick with the, the core stuff? Do you have time? Oh, we, we definitely play third party stuff. Yeah, OK, but not all third party stuff is created equally. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, right. And you can yeah. see that also in the in the in the player support. Player support is extremely important to us. I We think it's a dereliction of duty and just bad form to come out with, you know, a pack and send it out and have people pay good money for it. And then when they have a question about it or if they find an error, you know, just be absent. But that is what some third-party uh, producers have done, and that's really unscrupulous. But that's that's not us, you know. We're not out to to you know hoodwink anybody. And if you have a question about the rules, or you found uh, some contradiction in the rules, or something that doesn't work, or something like that, you write to uh, hazardousmovement at yahoo.com, and 
you'll hear back from me the same day unless I'm, you know, in the ER or something, you know. So. Well, you're a surgeon also, and <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I I play a lot of the, the the stuff too. I I I enjoy the variety, and each each outfit has has their own approach to to things. And uh, you know, like anyone, I have my preferences, but uh, but I I really enjoy the variety of uh, playing different things. Is there anything you? <laughs> We we know at least one person that plays a lot of ASL, but they don't play Pacific. They just don't. They yeah. don't. They don't want to. Another person they're lost. Doesn't, no. play, doesn't play night rules. Mm -hmm. or play no. caves. You know, is there anything you won't play, or do you? Yeah, the, for for me, and again, you know, everyone has their likes and dislikes. I I just I I find that the scenarios with cave complexes. To be sort of tedious. Uh, I, again, my critique on that is that you know you can come up with some cool situations, but I found, uh, and this applies also to beach landings, which <clears throat> I don't like doing for the same reason that it's there's a lot of rules, and what happens you know a beach landing it's sort of fun as the defender. This is my experience. You for the first couple of turns you're shooting at things, you know it's nice you may blow ups of LCs and stuff. But when those Marines hit the beach, yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> torn apart. And you know, it's 36 up three, and your Japanese are just getting whittled down. And, and there's not much maneuver. Uh, and then I found caves the same way that, uh, you know, the enjoyment for me uh, as a defender, and I, that was other, I wanted to add that just about our scenarios in general. As a defender, many scenarios, sort of maybe it's fun in the setup, and then you're just stuck. And the right. attacker gets to move, and you're like, you're willing to play with your buddy because next time you get to attack. And mm -hmm. we wanted to make it, you know, more enjoyable for the defender. And that's why you'll see a lot of ours where the one side is attacking, and then they got a hold, and the other side's counterattacking, or uh, many things like that. Very few of our scenarios will you see a fixed defense where the defender's stuck. Mm -hmm. And I've I found that with caves and beach landings, uh, and that's that's why I avoid them. I'm I'm with Chad and caves and beach landings, and the other thing that we don't play very much is desert. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I like cover. And yeah. Of course, you know you can make your own and stuff with sun blindness and you know dust and all that crap, but. Not really my cup of tea. Yeah, you know? there's one I so want to like it, and I keep trying. Yeah, it. I know. Me too. I, I know. really, really want to like it, but but that one is just you know to me that this is a little glee, but you know just it's like advanced Yahtzee, and uh, can my shot forty you know forty hexes away with a couple dust things, and can I roll lower than you you know, and that right. a lot of it. There's not as much strategy I found, uh, mm -hmm. and as more as like you know who gets the best dice rolls. Now that's and a lot. A lot of yeah. I also have to say a lot of squinting at the board for me. Like, is that Hamada? Is that sand? Maybe yeah. it's just my advanced age. You know what? <laughs> is you know is that or a dune? Is that you know like it's it's just kind of you know I I like looking at the map and not having to squint at it. That's probably another reason too. But I'll, I'll still play it. That like that's not that hasn't completely been taken off the smorgasbord. But I 
I played less of them. Yeah. yeah. Rich Spilkey mm -hmm. was very good at calculating his distances on all the guns, you know, along an L versus, mm -hmm. and he could know exactly how close to get with which vehicle to get the advantage. Yeah, that's right. And there's, there's certainly a skill set for playing those, you know, if you're moving around, where do I want my vehicle? And, and those type of things. So there, there's stuff you, you can do with them. Uh, but I, I just found in general, most of them tend to be armor against armor uh, with very, you know, with very few squads, which again, I, I like combined arms, but I'm I'm not a huge fan of, of just armor against armor scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing you'll never find in Hasmo is an all armor scenario. Like, you know, we we you'll find armor in almost every one of our scenarios because we like combined arms, but you'll never find like just a bunch of T three fours versus a you know bunch of Panzer fours or something. Yeah. That's or, not I, I you know on that too. It's just uh, you will also not find where we we sell you a pack and it has ten scenarios and two of them are three and a half turns with five squads each or something and all, <laughs> some, all of them are are full length feature scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> well, time is running out here. It goes so fast. Is there anything we're missing that we need to cover, Chuck? I, I for my part, it's just. It, Thanks for having us, and yeah. uh, it's been wonderful to, to talk about asthma. We're excited about it, and for, for folks to wear, uh, you know, very open to suggestions. What do you like? What do you not like? Uh, you know, you want to tell us to go pound sand, whatever it is, uh, send it in, because uh, we, we want to, you know, we appreciate uh, the feedback. We appreciate the, uh, the, the, the critics, and, uh, you know, we're, we will try to make improvements where it's possible. Where should people go if they want to buy, look at and buy your products? Hazardousmovement.com. Um, that's that's if you're buying it through us. Um, but you can also get it through uh, fine retailers such as, and you can probably imagine who, the Gamers Armory and Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. And huh? uh, Noble Knight Games. Okay. And... Alex Key, uh, I think he calls it Key's Emporium. Oh. And we have a new, we have two new retailers in Europe. Um, for the EU, we have um, Gamers HQ in Berlin, which uh, I believe also is the largest game store in Germany, maybe even in the EU. It's a, it's a monster. And uh, the other one is Second Chance Games. They're going to, they sent DHL and they're going to pick up a box of scenarios that they ordered from us uh from this residence here uh tomorrow they don't mess around they, wow. they bring the best yeah so uh so we're really happy about uh, those and even in australia uh we have a retailer in australia uh milson's uh games so if you're down under we haven't forgotten about you who is your distributor then you're looking at them yeah yeah <laughs> So I, uh, I, I'm, I, I, uh, I send it, but actually it's funny you, you ask, um, uh, Gamers HQ has a distributor. So when I send something to Gamers HQ, I send it to the United States and then they have a distributor that takes that game and all the games they get from the United States to Germany, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, that's great. 
That's great. Yeah, we- yeah. A um, couple recommendations. Yeah. Um, when we started, we always try and improve. And so when we started, um, I'm not sure if you can see that. Yeah. I, we were very paranoid about copyright laws. And so I said, you know, they can't copyright, num- you know, boxes with numbers in them. And so we <laughs> we did that. This is a really good scenario you should play, by the way. That's a Chad design. That's the blood of lambs. And so we did that. And, you know, people people liked it. But, of course, people said, said oh, you know, it sure would be nice if you had counter art, you know. So um, sure enough, right, in the second pack, that's one of the, the Chinese Civil War scenarios. This is in Shanghai. Yeah, this is Mao's fifth column. And you see, we've got counter art. Yes. And then, yeah. And then some people said, "Oh, the counter art's nice, but you know, with the three fifths, with the five ace counters, I can't necessarily know which tank or which gun that is." And so now we have the nomenclature of each gun and each tank above the counter. So you're spending less time in chapter H. Yep. Okay. Right. Excellent. So uh, we we constantly want to uh, want to improve, and uh, we don't we're, we don't you know we don't take offense or anything if somebody says you know has constructive criticism or a suggestion for us, and if it's feasible, then we incorporate it. Chad is glowing. Yeah, all of a sudden, just uh, <laughs> the sun hit the perfect spot. You're like a guy. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I may ascend at any moment. <laughs> right. um, well, fantastic. It's been great talking to you guys. Yeah. Well, it's been great to be talked to. Yeah. <laughs> we we wish you the best of luck, and maybe we'll have to have you back sometime. Absolutely. absolutely. And in, in the meantime, try a, um, try a Hasmo scenario or two. Yeah, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. Definitely. The good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, we'll let you know. Thank you so much for inviting us. This was a great opportunity for us. We really appreciate it. It's yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we'll sit across from the table from each other at some point. Well, and without you guys coming on the show, Jeff and I would have had to come up with content. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good thing about hosting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we're we're here. We're here whenever you need us. Okay, right. guys. Um, take care then. Be well. Yeah. You take okay. care. Roll low. And that's right. Around, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. <laughs> <laughs>